Today is Wednesday, January 17th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. We start off talking about Drag Queen Devotional, because why not? I mean, you know, it's not like we're trying to focus on it, but when every news story is about it. All right, so there's this uh, prominent drag queen who has wrote a Christian, quote, Christian devotional for children. So uh, be sure and get your kids a copy. Um, seriously, go to the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt. Nothing's worse than, like, <laughs> we're not selling drag queen devotionals for children. Come on, help us uh, help us share the gospel with people. Anyways, then we talk about the Pope blessing gay couples again, because that's going to be around for a while. And we get into cherry-picking special sins. Is that really what's going on? Or is it unrepentant sin versus, yeah, we want to sin. We know we sinned. We want to change. We want to stop doing this versus, no, bless us. We're going to keep sinning. Um, then we talk about uh, politics, politics shift into the caucus and primary um, thing, which we know little to nothing about other than <laughs> other than what's in, what's in the news and a little bit more than that. Um, so, But we do talk about it. We talk about it and uh, some other stuff. Um it's an entertaining discussion. So then we talk about sports, which is not an entertaining discussion, and we end. All right, so everyone check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt, coffee cup, support this podcast, and you can also check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon, free to read if you have a Kindle Plus subscription. Um, is that it? That's it? Yeah, share these links and have an awesome day. Did you see in the protest I think it was, there's a there's an article on how there's the first and only drag queen devotional for children what you want me to send you a link so you can get that uh, no please you, no no you, you don't want to pick up up for your kid or anything you're making this up i'm not stand by i will put the link in chat for anyone that wants to tear out their eyeballs okay let me get the article here all right and put it in the chat so anyone can follow along Clubhouse, chat, post. Okay, so this is, where'd the article go? Come on. Uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus Juice, a drag queen's Christian devotional. So uh, let's see. The drag queen uh, performer, Jesa Bell, author of The Harlot's Guide to Classy Cocktails and other... Um, owner of several social media sites, blah, 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 contains salacious amounts of nudity, has released a devotional aimed at Christians titled Jesus, Jesus Juice, a drag queen's Christian devotional. The book is released, uh, describes itself as a rare safe space for those who are committed to their faith, but uh, do not know how to deepen it or where to go to deepen it. Um, so this serves as a place for those searching uh, for meaning in Christianity that does not negate their queer identity. Um, Let's see. Apparently, it has some very, uh, let's see, um, in the preface of the book, um, it will be peppered with salty language and spicy content. This devotional provides personal stories, biblical apologetics. Oh, I, I got to get this now. Um, and damning indictments of today's evangelical movement, um, all served up frothy over ice by one of America's premier and unique drag talents. Jesus explains further. The first and only Christ, uh, Christian book, quote, uh, Christian book written by a drag queen aims to provide a safe space for Christians and those questioning it, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see. I also dice up. Oh, I here you go. 
I also slice and dice and serve up wet, sloppy Bible verses till they're coming out your pooter. Jesus, jazz, gee, oh, good. God help us. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus juice is a fresh take on the traditional devotional where I shake things up and turn the politically conservative bastardization of Christianity on its head. You mean biblically accurate Christianity? Anyway, it goes on to tell Jesus' story about how they wanted to be a minister their whole life, but they didn't think their message would be received coming from a very effeminate pastor. Um, so they turned into the next best thing, a drag queen. Because if you can't be a pastor, turn into a drag queen. CEO, that's a words for life right there. Um, so anyways, there you go. That's what happens when other people don't suggest topics. <laughs> You get Jesus, Jesus juice. Chris, you showed up just in time. What's I just up? do not have words. I bet Chris I mean, has the words. I mean, it's just, you know, that seems perfectly normal, right? The new normal. Oh, uh, yeah. Or the Roman Catholic normal. <laughs> <laughs> Starting early or late because I'm late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Chris, did you did you get this for your uh, child yet? I mean, you know, why oh, wouldn't? Yeah, you? I bought I bought a hundred copies for our church, so you know, we're there. I mean, what do you do? I, I guess just step back and wait for the you know, wait for the end. Wait for the sweet meteor of death, <laughs> known as wormwood, in in the scripture. There is a sweet meteor of death. That hits the waters and turns them bitter. Wormwood. How do you Nate, think I go down? Yeah, CEO? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I have, over the last couple of weeks, enjoyed a couple rooms with Chris where he puts out these grenades and everyone just completely melts down. And he's just doing it intentionally <laughs> and watching them melt down. And they can't even stop themselves from melting down. It's hysterical. I want to ask it's the it's top a thing story. of beauty, right? What's the top three grenades? But first of all, is this one of those things where you don't take the meteor of death, wormwood, literally in the Bible? Because it's meant to be metaphorically, and Chris is that sweet wormwood meteor of death. What's the top three grenades, CEO? Um, the uh, number one is the theological state of America. Um, number two is the uh, Constitution isn't good. And I don't know what number three is. What's number three? Yeah, I believe I believe my actual words were the Constitution is hot garbage. That was that was the that was the red meat for everybody. And discuss. if you have a, if you have a meeting at ten, are you only here to throw grenades and then run away? That's pretty much what you do with grenades, Nate. <laughs> well, I'm trying my best with that that thing you gave me. Don't say it here. I want it to be a surprise when it happens. Then we'll recap the carnage. I don't know. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they'll take the bait. We'll see. We'll see. They might, they might not. I got, I got a lot more. I got a lot <laughs> more Roman Catholic grenades. So. Oh boy. So. I mean, you've been murderous pagans for 2000 years. I have no end of material. <laughs> uh, Nate, I, di I did meet RuPaul in person while he was being a dude. So. That was an accidental experience. Like, because you were coming out of, like, the, the store and bumped no. into him? That was the rest or... of the date. 
That was the rest <laughs> of the <game. laughs> There's your third grenade. I was, at my, I, was at, I was at my client's Keith Ferrazzi's house, and I didn't know that he was, um, you know, gay. And I guess he wanted me to be okay with his lifestyle uh, as a test. Um, Which, of course, you are, and, right? Uh, well, I was, I was, it, this was a very big struggle for me. Um, so, I'm at his hey, house. Your money and, is green, take it. Yeah, I'm at his house. There's like 200 people there, and I promise you 180 of them are gay men, and there's like 19 women, and I'm the only straight guy. And I cannot tell you how many times I was approached that night. It was a very rough evening. You were like, there's so many, like the there's pork, so many jokes. Like the pork chop. There's so many jokes. You were like the pork chop being thrown into the tiger game. <laughs> I mean, it's like real-life Sodom and Gomorrah, like, playing out right before our eyes. CEO just created himself a wall of women. <laughs> there are 19 women. I will hide behind them. May their skirts be made of iron. <laughs> this, that, is, that is L.A. life, which I don't go out there as much anymore. Yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, okay. So maybe there's like a, you know, a happy old couple that just like a happy old gay couple that just wants to hang out and like, you know, sip tea together until their ending days, um, which will probably be a lot shorter for reasons. But um, it seems like the, in pop culture, though, whenever people say they want people to be accepting of their LGBTPS agenda, um, they don't really mean that. They mean like everything that comes with it, like what you're describing, like, you know, the debaucherous lifestyle, like, you know, a Roman orgy tragedy or something or greek whatever all of it um we're just like everyone's hooking up with everyone at the same time and like you you couldn't like step in there without getting something on your foot um it's like that's what they want everyone to be okay with it's like well look i'm not gonna like you know I, i'm not gonna tell you how to live your life if you want to like you know do gay stuff like i'll tell you it's against god but if you don't even care about god well then do what you want um but that's very different than me being okay with like your your constant like you know orgies and you know like i i don't know there is a difference does anyone see a difference am i am i taking crazy pills am i a bigot chris i think you need to stop judging ceo <laughs> <laughs> well, can get, but we can bless him ceo look i mean just go to the go to the pope and he will bless you oh yeah there you go bring it all the way back around Dude, that was the most infuriating thing. Did you watch that stupid video once you figured out how to hit pause? Because it's like their whole their whole thing is, yep. dude. That, seriously, the Pope can say, uh, "Forsake Jesus, worship Satan," and people will find a way to defend that. Like it is, it, it is next level, like, like indoctrinated. And this is coming from a Christian, um, Michael. <laughs> so, so, but, I, well, but whenever whenever they said um, the whole argument, like they're calling like. Poor, poor Pastor Marks. They're calling him like a liar, bearer of false witness, and all this other stuff. I'm like, do you really think like this good-natured pastor is like really deceitfully in his heart lying on purpose? Like, no, he believes this because it's very confusing. You have like priests forming coalitions coming out against the, the Pope for this. Like, do you think they're evil intent in their heart? No, they really believe he's saying bless gay people because in their own document, like fiducia whatever in Latin, um, that was like, I guess, translated or whatever, that was the headliner – it says that you know the the Pope 
says you can pronounce a blessing on homosexual couples. And the next line below it says, but you don't affirm their lifestyle. So that's talking about both sides of the mouth. So all the people saying, well, no, you're blessing the individual, even though they're like holding hands, like making out at the altar. Um, no, no, they're not blessing homosexual couples. They're blessing the individual cutting through their sin of sodomy, um, going to the soul of the individual. But that's not what the Pope said. The Pope says you can bless homosexual couples. The word couple means couple. Um, but so, so the only saving grace he has, which is just silver-tongued serpentry, is um, you can bless the homosexual couples and say, good job, God can bless you, but we still think you're sinning. That's, that's the closest you can get to – but he, you bless homosexual couples. It says it in their own document. Anyways, what, what Chris? Were you so saying? I have, uh, oh, Chris was saying I, something. I have, I have a good story, though, real quick. Um, from before. Oh, is, it like, is, it like, is it like the one you just told us? Yes, it is better. It's better. Yeah. This is a better story. Oh, okay, it's a better story. Okay, so be, when I was 25, before I started mellowing out as I got older, um, there was this guy who used to be a speaker at the Speakers Bureau I worked with, J.L. King, and he wrote this book about men on the down low, and it was basically describing married men who had gay sex. And he was speaking at a What are you talking about, man? And he, he was speaking at a conference I went to, and he comes up to me and he goes, ooh, dag, you're bull-legged. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, gross, yeah. And then he approached me later, and he's like, hey, man, I heard you're one of the top agents. When are we going to work together? I looked at him dead in the face and said, I don't agree with your message. I think it's disgusting. It will never happen. And then he so so Nate and before I have walked to go, off, <laughs> <laughs> but you walked off bowlegged. Um, but let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm picking on you, CEO. You don't deserve it at all. Um, oh no, it's all good. Because uh, man, I had some zingers the other day too. It's it's good. It's good. It's getting good. Anyway, so. Um, so can we have a contest? Can we have an actual Ask a Christian contest? Nate, what do you think of this idea? I'm just, I'm throwing this out there. Take it or leave it, whatever. But, like, we need a jingle. Oh. And it okay. has to be a jingle about Pope Cope. So it'd be like, you got to build <laughs> some lyrics around the Pope Cope. It's the Pope Cope, the Pope Cope. You know, you got, we got, we got to get some of our musicians in here and, like, some good creative writers to write, you know, just a short, like, 15-second jingle so that every time there's some Pope Cope, we can just play that jingle. What do you think? I think that's a good the idea. I mean, I, I'll fund the contest. It'll be like a $50 Amazon gift card. I think I, have the, I think I have the tune. It's like, do-do-do-do-do-do, it's the Pope Cope. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do, going to hell, heretics. Do-do-do-do, like, something like that. That'll, that'll be, and then with, like, a do-do-do, I have a I have a better contest idea right now. Michael's on stage. Why doesn't he rate you, I, and Chris on our level of bigotry we just demonstrated? Yes, Michael. I mean, I'm gonna say that I'm hey, gonna biasly say. Oh, here, okay, no, yeah, this is good. Go. This is good, Nate. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you think I'm gonna say. This, you, you might be right. Oh, I actually wasn't gonna say what you were gonna say. I was trying to make it sound like I was less than a, a bigot. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So here's okay. So here's my here's my external, and I don't think you have to, Chris. I don't think you have to call it Pope Cope. You could call it God Cope. Um, nah. But 
that's a that's a that's another story. So, but it's interesting. So, I think, um, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe this won't surprise you, but I think the Pope um, endorsing a homosexual marriage couples, whatever it happens to be, is is absurd and ridiculous. Um, it it's, it makes it clear that he's never read the book he claims to be the emissary of. Um, because there's no ambiguity in, in Leviticus uh, whatsoever, like zero, none, zilch. Um, it's still gross. Like it's still gross. The, don't get, like I'm, I'm not coming. You know, don't send the robes yet, Nate. Um, it's still gross. So closer. <laughs> but, um, but it, but it's just like it's, it's silly, and I, I'm reminded of something that uh, Sam Harris wrote in Letter to a Christian Nation. And he said, basically paraphrased, he said, you know, when, when a religious institution or like body of people um, comes to, you know, seemingly accept something, it isn't because of their, their new forward thinking or new outlook on things. It's because they found their current view untenable. So like, this is just, this is my personal opinion. Um, but my father-in-law, uh, I think I've talked about before, you know, 83-year-old French Catholic man who I have you know, discussions with, he, he happens to agree with me. I think that the reason the, the Catholic Church and like the United Church and some other organizations do this is because they see their numbers dwindling and they look at this as a way to be more inclusive. But, but, but I'll go back and, and, what I, and repeat what I said. I think it displays a lack of uh, education doesn't sound terribly charitable, but I'm, I'm hard pressed to find another, find another word like education on the book. You say you want to live your life by like it, like it just proves to me you, you didn't read it very well, or you tried to look through it through this lens of acceptance that the book doesn't even try to grant. Anyway, that's my view. Anyone want to follow that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think um, there is a in-between, which is basically con condemning the lifestyle, but not treating it like it's a special sin, right? So, like, the way our pastor always taught it is that, like, premarital sex is sin as well. And so, like, don't cherry-pick that one sin to gain political points. So uh, I don't agree with going as accepting as, um, as the Pope, but I don't think it should be cherry-picked as a special sin. And I think that um, the church also gets in trouble for doing that because it seems hypocritical. Um, I think it also, I mean, maybe for some, but it, it could just also seem that way. Because when you say cherry-picking special sins, there could be a category error um, that it's not cherry picking sins to focus on it's unrepentant sin versus, you know, uh, sins that you're not prevailing in. So it's like, if like someone, a Catholic person <laughs> or an Orthodox person defending Catholics, unless they were like, you know, a, a saboteur was like, well, what about a prison ministry? What about someone who's murdered someone? You don't condemn them, right? They could be forgiven. I'm like, sure. I mean, y you know, presumably they don't want to murder anyone else. They like, they, they're, they're doing their time. You know, they, um, they've repented. Um, they're not wanting to murder people. If you find a murderer who's like, I can't wait till I have a chance to murder people. Ah, it's like, whoa, bro. Murder is in your heart. You, you still are a murderer. Like you want to, you want to murder people. 
Like, that's not good. Um, so it's the same thing. It's like if there's a homosexual couple, I mean, right there is a defeater. If they're a homosexual couple, well, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say you're not wanting to stop that. Um, so it's like, well, if you're not wanting to stop what the Bible calls sin, then that's a very different uh, avenue than people who are like, no, I have sinned. I have done these things, but I don't want to do them anymore. I want to resolve to repent and go the other way and not continue in this sin. So that I think that's different. It's like yeah, when you I have people who are yeah, when you have people who are like loud and proud, they're like, bless me, Father, bless me, Father. I'm gonna write some children's drag books. Um, now I'm conflating the two, but I mean it's like very different than hey, I was like a, you know a big male prostitute for a long time, hooked up to lots of dudes. That was bad. That was sinful. That was wrong. I want to change. Like okay, that's completely different. What does prostitute? Yeah, I bet with sexuality. That's well, I was just saying. I, I, I was just saying lots of gay sex. Well, yeah, oh, so, okay. and, and, but, but also, so Nate, what, what is your view of a Christian that is having premarital sex regularly? You, do you yeah. think them any different? Okay. Yeah, I mean, so there's a, lot, there's a lot of people in the church that have premarital sex, right? And it is not a sin I hear talked about as much as homosexuality. Have you ever been to churches? a youth? youth church ever at the youth yeah yeah i agree with you nate on the youth i completely agree that is a very fair point at the youth ministry but for some reason in the adult ministries it, it, it you, you, you i think you can admit to me homosexuality is talked about much more than premarital sex i don't know many churches that that isn't the case i actually don't recall a time. I, I actually don't think I'll, I'll really have to think, but I think the answer is never. I don't think I've heard any sermon in all the churches I've been in or watched online or anything like that extensively talk about homosexuality or a single sin. Usually, like all the stuff I hear about, you know, homosexuality will be like part of a short list they read, uh, usually from the Bible. Murderers, idolaters, sorcerers, witchcraft, homosexuals, all these people will have their part in the lake of fire. So I don't think homosexuals are nearly as special as they think they are targeted by Christians. Um, I think, again, you get the loud minority, but if you, if you just did a survey of all Christians ever, um, the majority would probably say something like, well, the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. Doesn't also say like murder and lying and stealing and all this is? Yeah, that's okay, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, it's the yeah, loudest, right, smallest right. voices. You're it's like right. Twitter or X. Yes, I, I no, I, I agree, and I, and I think like sometimes it gets super magnified because I remember when uh, Bishop Eddie Long's church did a march against homosexuality, uh, and Bernice King was a member of a church at the time, and then Eddie Long a few years later gets arrested for having sex with young boys, right? So like. I think when that sort of thing happens, that ends up just making the whole church take a hit, unfortunately, but ends up being like a loud example. See, it's interesting. Like, I, uh, like see, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, he's like, like this guy, like uh, Long is not the first one and certainly not the last one to have done something like that. I'm uh, Ted Haggard is another guy like, like he was caught with like teenage boys, you know, like, snorting you know coke, coke, uh, coke off their willies like it, like he so there's lots of people that have done crazy stuff like that um but i don't look at the uh the, and this is just me i'll only speak for myself like i don't look at the whole church and say oh look what the church does they'll know they're no better than anybody else i just say look at that particular hypocrite who was talking all was talking all this smack 
and then gets caught doing all these other things. So I, I just look at that. God bless you, Michael. God bless you. You know, because they, the, that person is just, you know, like, and it seems to be the, it seems to me, like, it won't surprise me. And I, I don't think I'm going in on a huge limb here, but it won't surprise me when Steven Anderson is caught having gay sex. Because, the, because it seems the ones that, that doth pro, protest too much often have, a few, <laughs> uh, often have a few skeletons in their closet. Yes, I agree with that. Pardon me. I, bro I broke the stage, Nate. I'm just thinking if I need to mute, or if you guys can still hear me all the way over here. Can you still hear me all the way over here? Yeah, you're totally fine. Oh, uh, real ouch! Almost, and I just burnt my hand on stupid a tea strainer. You almost heard unchristian words, Michael. There's no such thing. They're just words, man. Words are polysemous. They can mean whatever you want. Ah. But you would agree if it makes you feel like... Uh, feel cringy or bad, then, you know, you probably shouldn't say it because why would you want to do things that make you feel bad, right? Well, yeah, and it's funny, like, the, this is this reminds me of the conversation, and I may have mentioned this before, but um, probably two years ago or so now, um, Andrew Rappaport, uh, he has a YouTube channel called Striving for Eternity. He's a, he's a good guy. You should look him up. Um, I, I mean, he's, I think he's totally wrong, but he's a decent human being. Um he came on the – like I went on his YouTube channel a few times to talk to him and other people, and he came on he – re, he reciprocated by coming on the podcast much like you did, etc. Um, and we were having this conversation about uh, like about cursing, right? And so it was funny because like I'll tell everybody, like I told you, right? You know, I will – you know, we'll keep the episode clean so you can share it around to people that you want to and not have to worry about that. And I've, I've told people a million times, like if you go and look up past shows, if there's a, if there's a Christian guest, it's always clean. Like uh, Matt Slick, who was on three-ish weeks ago, kept the episode totally clean uh, so that he could share it around and not have to worry about that stuff. But I've told everybody, like, anything else, lock your kids up. It's NSFW, and, and your ears will probably bleed if you listen to it uh, because, you know, I'm a foul-mouthed Canadian. And he's like, you know, why do you do that? You know, it's like, if you can keep it clean for some people, why do you keep it clean for others? And I'm like, because this is just the way I, I talk. Like, you know, it is my particular form of verbosity. Um, and I don't see it as anything like I, they're just words. Now, granted, with what you just said, there are some that I will not say. Um, and and, be, because, and for that reason. Right. Uh, but they're not traditional curse words. You can think of one of the words right now that I'm that I'm that I mean. Yeah, I was about to ask um, you about that. Exactly. So, you, like, I won't say that, not because, uh, you know, it's like, eh, well, I guess exactly because I think it's a completely wrong thing to say. It's demeaning, et cetera. And, and it's also misused. Like, that particular word, the actual definition of it means ignorant. But that's not – and uh, Richard Dawkins got in huge trouble about six years ago. He was, he was doing a discussion with somebody. And he used that word in a term, like he, he added a suffix to that word. And he meant it to, like the, the, the way he was using it was the, the person was speaking in an ignorant fashion. And he used that particular word with a suffix added to it, which means, in an, you know, speaking in an ignorant fashion. 
And of course, people went ballistic. And I just kind of stood back and say, dude, you could have just said ignorant. Like, you, like you didn't have to say that. Um, so, but it is interesting. Um, it is interesting sometimes the the worst the 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 usage of words. Yeah, and there's some things like we we talked about uh, profanity and cursing, swearing because someone had a problem with cursing. Like, it's not a curse. It's not a curse. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, how pedantic do you want to be? Like, some some things came to mind there that I would be unchristian to say. Um, but I'm like, no, it's not cursing. Like, I'm pronouncing a witchcraft curse on you. But I mean, when people say swear words or curse words, that's what we mean in 2024. Anyway, but like we talk about profanity and swear words. Um, I'm like, well, there are some things that I don't consider swear words, like you know, a lot of slurs. Like, I, I don't consider those swear words, but I also consider them, you know, bad to say. You're not going to make any friends. You're certainly not going to be a good witness for Christ. And you know, you shouldn't say those. Um, so like the words you're talking about, or like the plethora of others that that I wouldn't consider swear words. Those, you know, are like the big ones, I think. Like, um, I don't know how to define it other than subjectively. Like, you know, the four-letter words, I don't know, stuff like that. But when you get into slurs, I'm like, well, I wouldn't consider them swearing words, but they're certainly slurs, and you shouldn't say them. <laughs> yeah. I so um, so I, I got a, a serious scenario I want to run by you guys about something that happened to me last week. And just that was serious? Your take on it is. Yeah, uh, well, I'm sorry. Okay, go well, ahead. It, I, I'm saying it's serious because it, it happened to me personally. So I was at um, CES last week, the Consumer Electronics Show, and um, I'm just going to make up some names of two people. Um, so uh, Bob, who I've worked with for 13 years, good friend of mine, um, brought Joe to the show, and Joe's a venture capitalist, potential client, that sort of thing. And we're having like a little bit of you know guy talk. We're starting to talk about you know girls, this and that. And then all of a sudden, the, the Joe guy goes, yeah, if there's not like a 20-year-old girl in my backyard at the pool doing cocaine, I just don't feel right. And I was so utterly disgusted in the moment, and I was trying to balance being polite versus demonstrating my outrage. I ultimately didn't say anything, but I'm just going to tell my friend that this is obviously someone I don't want to work with, but... Um, I've been bothered by it, but I, but I didn't say something more. So do you, do you, do you think I handled it correctly or should I have said something more? Your situation is very real. I apologize. I was answering a text. Um, start. Uh, okay. I, I heard it. I just wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Something about a 20 year old girl in a neighbor's backyard. Okay. All right. So, uh, you have my undivided attention. All right. No worries. Um, yeah, so, you know, let's say again, um, Bob, I've worked with for 13 years. He brings Joe to the Consumer Electronics Show. He wants, you know, my company to work with Joe. Um, and we're all having some small talk. And, you know, Joe's a very wealthy VC, hangs out with Elon Musk and all this and that, right? And all of a sudden, we're having, you know, a little bit of guy talk about women and men. Joe all of a sudden busts out and says, if there's not a 20-year-old in my backyard at the pool doing cocaine, I just don't feel right. And I was just like utterly disgusted in the moment, but just held my tongue. And uh, of course, I'm going to tell my friend, this isn't someone I want to work with. But I felt a little bit guilty about not saying something more in the moment. And I just wanted to oh. see if you would have handled the situation the same as I, or if you would have said something more assertive in the moment. Are any of these people besides you supposed to be like Christians or care about God at all? Uh, yes. Yeah, the guy, the the guy who said, who said it? that, yes. And do they, they all know you're a Christian? Yes. Wait, the guy that wants to... Okay, anyways. 
I, I don't know. I'm weird about this stuff too. Like usually if it's, I mean, if it, if it fits in the conversation, maybe say something or I'll try to like work in like something to, to express like dissent, but I'm not going to be like repent demon. Um, but I mean, I, I may show in something to like do dissent if, if it seems appropriate to the conversation. But I mean, <clears throat> I mean, if he's like, I don't know, a Christian that you're like friends with or whatever, maybe be like, I don't know, bro. Maybe not help your witness. Or I, I don't know, man. Like I, I have a pretty, pretty lenient tolerance on, on what I'm going to say like publicly in front of people. Um, I mean, I always try to like work in the conversation because it interests me. Um, like where, where I'm around, like if someone says remotely related to religion or God, I'm like, Oh yeah. And I'm not going to like start praying in tongues, but I'll try to like, you know, shove in some kind of thing to spur the conversation on. So it like opens up to, oh, well, you have some pretty uh, interesting opinions about that. What do you think? And then they won't shut me up. But I, I don't know. That I, I think I'm the only Christian talking on the stage. But I, I probably would have let it go. And if you guys are like really close, maybe I said something about it later. Um, and maybe he would have been like, you know, because goodness, like how many jokes try? <laughs> Hold on. No, he, he, he's how a many... friend of my friend. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, oh. I don't know him that well. He's someone who wanted to become a client with us. So I just told, I'm just going to tell my friend, man, I don't want to work with him. But I do want to hear what Michael has to say as well, just like on a human level also. Yeah, so it's really interesting. So I'm going to put on my hat of charitability plus 50. Um, like, is it, is it in any way possible that he didn't know um, like, is it any, is there any, is any possibility he was trying to kind of get a gauge for the, like the temperature of the water, whether he, or he was just being, um, like, like trying to test the water to see what response he would get. Is there any possibility of that? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, like, it's interesting. Um, so the, so the first thing I would say is, um, like the direct answer to your question is, do you think, you know, do I think you should have said more? I don't think anyone should do something that they're not comfortable with, right? Like everybody has to kind of like, whether it be like any type of activism, speaking out against something, I don't think anyone should do something in, in face, unless they feel comfortable and safe to do so, right? Um, so I wouldn't, you know, don't be too hard on yourself as far as, as far as that goes. Um, I would think that, you know, it's like if I didn't know the person, and I thought maybe they were trying to test the waters. Then I made. Then I may, if I was kind of on my A game, like Nate, I would try to think of a clever little like quip or something like that to toss out. Um, you know, it's like like the first thing that came to the top of my head when you said what you said was, um, uh, you know, like I might say something like from you know Python S, like oh now for something completely different, you know, and try to or try to change the subject and see whether or not see what kind of uh, response that was met with. Um, but I mean, that's, it's hard, right? Um, I think when I, I think when I was, no, I don't think I would have acted any different when I was a, when I was a Christian, I think I would have taken the same stance. And I think it's probably fair to say I would have done what you did and gone to the person afterwards and say, count me out, friend. Like, like if, if this is the kind of person this, if this is the kind of person this is, I'd rather not thank you, but no, thank you. And also I was wondering like, yeah, what was there like a, hyperbole level because goodness if people listen to me talk um and uh, they take it out of context i mean in context i mean i make a lot of jokes about hookers and drugs um but it's usually in relation to you know like gross sin like instead of like talking about very specific sins i just jump to the big ones right like like murder and drugs and prostitution i guess 
Um, maybe someone should tell me to be, be a little different. I don't know. But I mean, the point is, I just try to cover a lot of bases really quickly to be like, look, we're all sinners. Like, don't worry about your lying. Like, look, people that have done these big things, like, you know, like murder and I mean, murder and rape. That's where like every, every episode like seems to go to. Like every time there's a question about morality, murder and rape. So it's like, it's to cover the big ones. So it's like, if you, if you're a habitual liar, don't worry, you're good. There's forgiveness for murderers and rapists too, if they want it. Um, so I, I would wonder like, you know, is it like just like kind of like crass joke that maybe, you know, if he's a Christian, maybe he thought as soon as he did it, Oh man, I was trying to fit in or I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, make a funny joke, but now that, that hurt my witness. Oh Lord, I need to, you know, I need to do a better job next time. Like, who knows what he actually thought? But yeah, I think that's fine. Like, if you feel like you don't want to work with someone like that because of that, then, you know, maybe maybe you'll tell your friend um, and he'll relay it. And then that guy be like, no, no, tell my sorry. Like, man, I, I realized as soon as I said it, that was stupid. I shouldn't have said it or, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. You're like, okay, well, you know, all's forgiven. No problem. Um, no better, do better. But if he's like, what? No, what a prude. No, like, I actually want, you know, <laughs> girls and cocaine and, and that's part of this deal. Be like, oh. And like, I don't want to work with you if you're not cool with that. Be like, yeah, I'm not cool with that. Be like, all right, well, we can't do business. So who knows how it goes? Yeah, and it's funny. I was just actually thinking because there is a uh, – we get together with um, two couples uh, once a month to play like board games with. We do like a dinner. We, we swap houses. We go like the, between the, the three couples' houses and stuff like that, have dinner, play board games. And one of the common jokes – like, and I've said it. More than a couple of times, and so over the couple of others, because you know, like, well, the emails will go around about who's bringing what. Like, you know, somebody's bringing appetizers, somebody's bringing dessert, this, that, the other thing. And <laughs> I'll say, you funny. know, like, yeah, like, you know, who's got the hookers and blow, oh, right? Like, and, and we just kind of joke about it, right? And so, I, like, I, I, Nate, I understand how you mean that. Like, it, it could have been. And I, that's what you said it better than I said it, and how I kind of intended to. That there might have been hyperbole in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if especially if you don't know the person that well. Um, oh, if you, if you feel comfortable, just ask them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. CEO, I feel better about this. Okay. So yeah, if they were, if they were honestly being, being truthful and that's what they want, then yeah, that's bad. You don't want to do business with them. But I mean, I, I would say like, if people have a personality remotely like mine, I'm just thinking like someone was like, like writing my, like there's like pouncing on me on social media, uh, saying a bunch of, of stuff. Cause I'm trying to like help out and do good for like my community that I live in. And, you know, like help, help with like um, activities and stuff like that. And they like things didn't go exactly the way they wanted. So they basically invented this like fan fiction of all kinds of crap. They're saying that never happened. It's not like a two stories, two sides, and never, no story, uh, two sides to every story. It's like it never happened. There is no story. And they just invented this. So like, what the heck is wrong with you? So I'm, I'm talking about testing a Christian witness. Goodness. Like I can deal with Michael <laughs> and people here talking against like Christianity all day long, but good Lord, like this actual neighbor that I live down the road from, it's like something is wrong with them. Like they're off the rocker. That is testing my patience. Um, so it's very hard to give a Christian response. But anyways, so I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Don't, by the way, don't forget to tell everyone about the Masonic Lodge we have underneath the clubhouse with the uh, wolves tied up for the ritual sacrifice. Um, I mean, if someone heard that, hopefully that was too outlandish that they're going to be like, Okay, yeah, he doesn't mean that. There's no Masonic lodge and sacrifice wolves under the under the ground. But I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's all I got. So I mean, I, I definitely use hyperbole a lot. So if someone's like Nate, 
that hurts your Christian witness. What if someone thought that you were true? Uh, uh, like, like thought I have a Masonic Lodge underground with wolves tied up for ritual sacrifice? I mean, I guess I can do better and try not to make jokes like that. But I mean, you know, that'll take a special kind of person person to believe that. Like, no, I'm a Christian. Jesus loves you. Um, all right. That's all I got. All right, no, I appreciate it. I guess also I, I, I'm probably more sensitive to it than I would have been a few years ago because we have, you know, interns and younger female team members, and I'm at that age where I see a 20-year-old girl more as, like, a niece or, you know, a potential daughter than I do just, like, you know, a hot chick. So, you know, so I, I think I was also just sensitive to it for that purpose as well. But, yeah, so, I mean, I guess, I guess that's the... Uh... I, I true dichotomy it's one of two either he meant it and whatever and maybe it's just crass and you know be like i don't know no better do better or if he really meant it then <laughs> yeah stay stay away you don't want no part of that appreciate it thanks well so are you off work today michael or no, I had some stuff earlier, and I'm kind of got some running around to do, and then I have stuff later this afternoon. Ah. I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, my <laughs> my typical work day. <laughs> it is funny though. I I don't seem to be able. It's like you said all the time. You know, get here earlier, get here earlier, and just the way my day, the way my day shakes out, I never can. <laughs> I can never be here. Well, that's not true. I mean, there have been times before, like when I've taken. I remember last year I said, you know, I'm taking a week's holidays and I, I was sticking around the house and I think I was in the room like every day. Um, but yeah, typically my work, you know, I get up early, look at emails, do stuff, have a couple of meetings, maybe a site thing, and then uh, more in the afternoon. Well, I was actually an hour late today. So <laughs> I, I had a I had a rare meeting I had to go to. I wish I could just like be a lawyer without having to have like a, a bar card. I, I wish I could just like show up and, and do stuff and I'd learn really quick. It's like, you know, they should, you should be able to like test things like test career paths to know if, uh, if that's something you're really gifted at and can do or find out real quick. Like, no, you should just like go do fries at McDonald's. Cause like, I well, think it would be really fun to get up there and like argue your case. And be like, no, no, you're wrong because here and you're wrong because here I'm so awesome. I'm so right. Or get up there and just get like pounded with a legal hammer and be like, Oh, crap. Uh, you want fries with that? <laughs> well, I know this will sound like a low blow, but if you want to know what it's like to be a lawyer and not really be a lawyer, just ask, ask Lena Habba. Who's that? One of Trump's lawyers. <laughs> uh, so did you do a, a victory lap or anything when you saw that he won, like, basically the entire state of Iowa? Well, you know what was really funny is I was, I was watching a couple things this morning. Uh, and it was, I found it particularly interesting because there was for, for, for someone who has so much, there was so much talk about election integrity and stuff like that. Um, you should just do a, um, a search of how they were doing some of the balloting yesterday in Ohio. I'll give you a, you know, I'll give you the hint. The answer Ohio. was white. You mean in no. Iowa. You mean in Iowa. Iowa. Pardon me. Pardon me. Iowa. Yeah. The answer is whiteboards with markers and plastic bags. I'm not kidding. There were people who were, who were like, basically there were, there were areas that were so disorganized that when people were 
were putting their they weren't putting their ballots into a machine or into a ballot box. They were handing them over to someone in a plastic bag. And, and they I weren't laughed. checking voter IDs either, Michael. They were not checking voter IDs. <laughs> I think it's, well, also, I think it's well, hysterical. Well, well, hang on. Keep in mind, these are not elections. These are caucuses. So it would be wildly different rules. So No, I'm but what would be really funny, but what would be but, hysterical. No, you're, you're a thousand percent right. But what would be really funny is, let's say, for example, that tomorrow, Vivek Ramaswamy, who polled like what, uh, 0.00832% or some, some silly like that. I know it's more like three percent or four percent. He got seven anyway, percent. He got seven. Don't be bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, let's say he was. Let's say he came out and said, "Look, look at these things." Blah 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 blah. I'm calling voter fraud. There's no way I didn't win. There's no way I didn't win Iowa. He would have all the grounds, and, and so would it. So would DeSantis, and so would Haley. And so would I think they're the only ones that are left now, with the exception of a couple people. Like, um, but um, they would all have all the grounds in the world to say, "Hey, Trump stuffed the Trump, Trump stuffed the envelopes." There's no way I didn't win, and and they'd have no ground to stand. Like Trump's team would have no ground to stand on. I I just I mean, and then there were buses, and that and that Michael yeah. there were buses where they said they asked people who you were going to vote for, and if it wasn't for Trump, then you didn't get a ride to to, to the place. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, it's funny. Like, I mean, I I couldn't have. I couldn't have less of a horse in this race. Like, I, I mean, it's, I, I, I hope that by the time the a general election comes around, that justice is done and that Trump is voting, you know, Trump is looking at election results from prison. And, but because what's funny is the, like most of the polling has said that uh, like there's something like more than 50% of Republicans polled said they'll still vote for him even as a convicted felon, which is hysterical as a, as, a, as, a, as a moral standard. That's hysterical. Well, because they don't see it as justice. Like it would be totally moral if whoever you like for office, for your president or prime minister or whatever, uh, whatever, um, if you like Come on, someone, Nate, say his name, say his name. You can do it. Say his name. I thought you didn't like him. Trudeau. Oh, tr- there you go. Okay, anyways. No, I, I'm not a huge fan, but I love it when you say his name. Okay. <laughs> See, there's a joke there, but I'm, I'm not making it. Um, anyways, so um, if there was someone, anyone, not him, someone better than him that you liked, and it was just so blatantly obvious that they're like, um, he did these egregious crimes. Like, he, he's a mass murderer. Um, he shot a bunch of people in Toronto on the street, uh, and it just never happened. There's no witnesses, no evidence, everyone's saying the opposite, and they throw him in jail for murder. You're like... That is so unjust. Like, it's totally a political prisoner. It never happened. Um, you would think it would be totally morally acceptable to vote for him in prison because you would see him being in prison as unjustice, and justice is him getting votes, pardoning himself, and getting out of prison. Anyway, but let's go back to the caucus real fast. Um, because if that happened in an actual vote, then yeah, make that case. But you won't make that case because that won't happen because in the voting, that's not how it will happen. But in caucusing, again, not an expert, but I do know – it's more of like it's not just simple show up. It's like you make your case. Like you have people who will like go um, fight for candidates and like debate, kind of like we do in Christianity and stuff in this room. You'll you'll go, you'll debate, you'll give their talking points. Like you know Haley, DeSantis, like they'll all take turns. They have it's like different different rooms. Like they'll have different representatives set up to caucus for these people. Um, 
And you, you'll, I think it's like that. Like you'll, you'll write your name down, like on ballots or whatever, or like on little paper things and just migrate around the room. And you know, if you're swayed by one, you'll go there. You could be swayed by another one. And I think you can change it, but it's very free flowing. That's the whole point of caucusing is to have that kind of open discourse um, to eventually narrow it down to decide who's going to be the nominee for that party after you go through the whole process. Um, anyway, so, I mean, it, it's, it is as you say, but as you say is how it's structured to be. Um, but then when we get to votes, obviously it's not like that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and I'm coming from a place of ignorance. Like I've never, I don't even think, well, I mean, I'm not an American citizen. So, and I think you, don't you, um, so I don't really know, but is it true that you do have to be a permanent resident of the state in order to go and caucus for an individual there? Um, I, I don't know that, but I mean, um, you know, with state's rules or, uh, okay, so a, a couple of things I just don't know. We should ask AI this. Um, I don't know if the party, because caucusing, it's, it's not voting. So I don't even know what role the state plays in caucuses. I don't know if that's just like DNC and RNC party rules that they establish um, or if the state has anything to do with that. So I just, I'm ignorant. I don't know. Um, but I do know for voting that no, you do not have to be, you can be illegal, illegal, not citizens and vote in some places, um, in some states, um, which is absurd, but you don't have to be a citizen um, in all places to cast your vote. But for caucusing, I don't know if the state has anything to do with that or if it's entirely party, uh, party ran rules. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any idea. I mean, here it's really simple. Like you get the, um, uh, like in, in Canada, whether it be for municipal, provincial, or federal, um, you'll get a you'll get a card in the mail. You take that card along with a piece of photo ID, that uh, and the, the the addresses and information have to match correctly. Uh, they give you a ballot. You go vote. Um, if for some reason you didn't get a voter card, that happens sometimes. Your name will still be on the list um, because the the, the list basically. Um, are anyway you you show your name if you're even if your name's not on the list if you can prove residency um then you can still vote so uh, but you're talking about for actual elections not like pre-elections to like select your candidate for a party you're talking we don't about do officially that. voting oh okay yeah, yeah. so who there, picks there, like the no parties just kind of the parties just have like um committees or something of groups yeah, so like say, okay, you, this... yeah so you have to be an official member like you have to be a, and I guess maybe, maybe it's the same for Republicans, Democrats, and Independents in the U.S. I'm not sure. But um, as you have to be a, a registered member of the party in order to have a say in who leads the party. Otherwise, you just vote for the person. Um, so maybe it's kind of like caucusing that. I'm not sure. But ba So basically all the people who are like card-carrying members get together, and there's a couple of nominees. They say, I vote for this person, I vote for that person. But but the general public can't like you can't just go there and and show up and say, hey, I'm going to vote for this person. Uh, you have to be a registered member. And, and see, this is also um, this is also like you um, also states like you have to some states you have to be registered for like a party voter, like Republican, Democrat or whatever to participate in the, in the primaries. So. Gosh, I need to read a book on this, um, but I, I, I don't know if some do. I believe there's like three steps. It's like caucusing kind of gets like the it kind of narrows it down uh and gets all the candidates like it gets some of the candidates out of the water like you know you saw a couple drop out so i think caucusing is to really solidify the base of some and weed out the others and then af at some point after um the main few candidates are defined 
um, then comes the primary votes. And some, like you have to be registered Republican or Democrat to participate in that. Other states, you don't have to. Um, and that's where you'll vote where it may be like three Republican candidates and you'll say, okay, I want to vote for one of these because they're the ones who survived the caucus procedure. And then after that, um, well, then that's the one they put forward for the general election. I could be wrong in some of that. I like caucusing. I've, I've never really brushed up on because I, I just never participated. Like I almost did in, uh, in Colorado for Trump the first time, but um, someone else I knew uh, actually, actually did it. So I'm like, okay, well, you've got this. <laughs> Are there caucuses in every state? I also don't know that. Um, maybe Steph does. She's kind of. Are you? Is she? I forget. Is she political savvy or politically absent? Ob, um, abstaining? No, I'm never politically abstaining. Do you know if there's caucuses in all fifty states? It doesn't seem like there could be, right? Because that would that would take way too long. Like we don't have enough time for that. No, they tend to pick um, swing states, like states where it's really down the middle to get sort of like an overall view. Let's see. Besides Iowa. There's New Hampshire. Like I, said, yeah. I think there's South Carolina, maybe. Um, so after, okay. Yeah, so after like yeah, a few South of those Carolina, things, I remember hearing about. so after a few of those things, then it's the Republican convention and the Democrat. Oh, oh. And the democratic convention, which is not democratic because they're basically what pushing it back to where it wouldn't matter or canceling it altogether and just like throwing in Biden. So, you know, very democratic anyways, but that that's when the Republican um, convention will be. And that's where they'll select the primary people. Um, and then everyone else will vote on the primary and say, we want these people. Um, and then whoever wins that will be the Republican nominee. Okay. Wait, hold caucuses in 2020. A state will either have a primary or a caucus. So this changes okay. every year. So Iowa, Missouri, Nevada, Wyoming, and North Dakota are having caucuses this year. The rest are holding primaries. Okay. Uh, no, they didn't do it in 2020 because, like, the sitting president, which may be why Biden is, is doing that. Um, but it, it usually, like, it's uncontested, right? Like, if your, your party leader is the president. So it, it's like a given. Right. But this time, there are people who want to challenge Biden because, you know, he's a lot of people have problems with him. Um, and they're basically saying, no, no, he's your party leader. Accept it. They're like, but we have challengers. But there was no challenger for Trump in 2020 because, you know, it's typically assumed that the president is an automatic given because that's your party's like champion. Um, Interesting. See how fun being an American citizen is or not. I mean, I guess just come here and vote anyway and participate. <laughs> I mean, you're close to New York. That's where you'd probably come in. They'll let you do it. No, my my moral compass would stand in the way of that. I, what, well, what do you think uh, of? Uh, uh, are, are you familiar with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy? Like, you know, if um, like what he, he basically says everything and, and some things even more hardcore than Trump does. Um, what do you think about him? Yeah, I thought he was a complete loon. Um, like, so if if somebody held. Uh, pretty much all like yeah he's yeah i think he's i think he's not a, a stable person um of the three people that were left like uh, of their left like let's say let's say that i was an american citizen and somebody said whoever you vote for will be president left no she's still there oh okay sorry um if somebody said you know whoever you vote for your you have the deciding vote 
whoever you vote for will be president. And it was down to Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, or Donald Trump. I would vote for Nikki Haley. <gasps> I still think, I still think she's bonkers, but I think she's the least bonkers of the three. Um, and if you, if you pulled it back to three months ago, when there were a whole bunch of people that were there and said, your vote will be the deciding vote, I would have voted for Chris Christie because he's the least bonkers of the uh, lot when of you say When you say bonkers, though, do you separate categories? Like, um, what's your main thing? Is it like um, not getting in war, which will lead to death? Or is it economics um, for like strong countries or making a global economy? Or is it like social issues? Like, where are those really really play um because yeah so yeah th th that's a valid question for me and this is probably not hard for you to understand but as a social worker i've i vote mostly on social issues okay so you would you would vote for social issues so people can you know in your opinion not be discriminated against and everything like that um even if those people now have you know as you see it rights that they didn't have and more inclusive inclusivity that they didn't have before even if that person who um you elected to help give them those rights led everyone into war and they ended up dying. So it's like, you have your rights, but now you're dead. Well, no, I don't think it's quite as uh, black and white as that. So I, so I vote mainly for social issues, but it's not like, but I don't do what you just suggested. Or like that would be a total, and I know you didn't mean to do this, but that would be a total straw man of my position. And so like, well, socially he's good. I don't care what else he does. I don't care if he rings up the debt to 80, 800 bajillion, trillion dollars. Don't care. He's a social, he's a good social guy. I vote for him. No. Um, but if there are issues where, like, if uh, I try to put them all like a, along a continuum and whoever is closest to the, to the center aligning with the things that I agree with, both, um, both social, uh, economical, uh, and political, that's the person who will get my vote. And, yeah. but if, if I am going to sway one way, like if there is a person who is going to get my vote. It's going to be the person who is like, well, they're all kind of close to this guy's a little bit better on social. I'm going to vote for him or her. Yeah. And I only said that because you, you mentioned Haley and I, I mean, it just seems like she's super, super like war mode. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's like the biggest caution that and her like internet an anonymity thing. Um, like those are the two biggest things that make me like, not just think not great, but like bright glaring red flags. Um, because now yeah, like all yeah. the people and, yeah yeah and i get that and i get that but but for me it's like like yes i agree with you however however i don't think nikki haley would want to quote unquote be a dictator for the first day um and i also don't think i also don't think that she is going to be just as glaringly authoritarian as like we should listen to the things that people tell us they're going to do. And the things that Trump has said he is going to do are worrying. And so like when, when he, when he tells you what he's going to do, you should believe him. And that's, the, that's the biggest reason you are right about Nikki Haley. Right. And, you know, I think Nikki Haley is also the only one of the three, actually Trump didn't want to do this either. Like Trump was asked about a nationwide abortion ban. And Trump said he didn't want to do that. He wanted to try and find something that people would agree on, which is somewhat commendable, I suppose. Um, Nikki Haley has said that, you know, it should, I think it should be left up to states. DeSantis wants a nationwide abortion ban. So, like, like that's even more crazy than what Trump wants to do, well, which is hard so, to even stomach. Well, so um, 
can, can we be a little fairer? Or if you just see it this way, I guess you see it this way. When Trump says he wants to be a dictator, he's like, only on the first day. <laughs> and kind of smiles it off. And then he explains it. He says, by reinstating the Keystone Pipeline and uh, wh whatever the other thing was, that was basically a platform thing. He's like, only those. <laughs> I'll be a dictator for those. And everyone freaks out saying he's like Mussolini. Like, can you can you see that he's like, yes, that was in jest. Ha, ha, ha. And by dictator, he means basically just like by executive order undoing what Biden did. So that's the thing with executive orders. One person does have the power to, you know, to add and take away. It's not yeah. which is why laws yeah. are important. So do you have can you be would you say, OK, that's unfair to say Trump's going to be a dictator based on that comment? What he really means because he laughed and then explained what he really meant was he's going to undo Biden executively stopping the pipeline. He's going to reinstate that. And like one other thing, I think it was something about immigration. Oh, sure. And if, like, he, if, he, nope, if he stopped, if he stopped at that, that would be one thing. But so, for example, one of the other things that he has said, and he said it so many times, it's not even you can just look it up super simply. He has said that if he gets elected on day one, he will hire special prosecutors to go after his political rivals and not just and not just Democratic ones. Like he has said that he has said that he he thinks that Chris Christie has done shady things when he was governor of New York. Like so. And this is what I mean. Like when when I mean, they tell you like, what they're going to do. You should believe right. them. But whenever he says that. You know, we're, we're adding words to the poor guy's mouth. Uh, he didn't say he's going to hire them to go after political political rivals. What he said was, I mean, I don't know a direct quote, but I mean, you know, what he said was, you know, to basically investigate illegal activity. Just like everyone says, he told the prosecutor uh, or, or told the guy in Georgia, uh, which is what he's got in trouble for. Um, they're saying, no, he told him to to fix the elections and to find him and to create extra ballots for him. When what he really said is, there's so many ballots, I'm sure there's illegal ones in there. That's what he actually said, but people took that and ran with it as, no, no, he wants you to invent things and do fraud. So, you know, let's take people, like you said, when people say things, really think they're going to do it. So when he says he's going to, you know, get special prosecutors to look into anything illegal, then that's justice. That's what you said earlier. If people have done illegal, unjust things, then they should be, justice be done. They should be investigated. And if it finds out that they haven't, well then, okay, they hadn't. Go about your merry way. Um, but we do have a track record. So the most authoritarian person who's been president since I've been alive is Biden. Maybe you can make an argument for Obama because of the magnitude, not the, not the, um, because of the quantity or the magnitude, not the quantity of things he's done. Um, like uh, something about like a defense, uh, defense act or something like that he did. Like he's done, and, and like the um, insurance thing, Obamacare. Like there's some things by magnitude that were really big, but he didn't do tons of little things. Oh, Biden in quantity has done tons of little things like for masking, the lockdown, like all this other all, all these other things. Like he's just like ruled by fiat. So the people who uh, kind of like he I think he doth throw protests too loudly. Like the people who are saying Trump's going to be an authoritarian dictator. These are the people who have been the most authoritarian dictator like people in my lifetime in this country. Um, versus Trump, who's had four years. Like, he's like, oh, remember that Hillary Clinton thing? He's like, oh, you don't want me to ring because you'd be in jail. <laughs> They're like, he's going to lock her up. He's going to lock her up. He didn't even investigate her. So, um, you know, he's got a pretty good record of when he gets in office, he's going to run the country, not go on witch hunts, uh, versus the other people who seem to be exclusively going on witch hunts. Um, the country 
be damned. I mean, just, give me, just give me one minute. Yeah, man. Look, if Trump does somehow eke out a victory, which I don't think he will, um, I think he's going to lose. But if he does somehow eke out a victory, yeah, there needs to be some reckoning for what's going on. I mean, like, pardon everybody from January 6th, um, prosecute the prosecutors of January 6th, um, throw them all in jail. Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing needs to be done. Disband the FBI. But we love the FBI and the ATF. They're our best friends. They're awesome. Um, oh, I love them too. I, I love them more than you do. I love them more than you do. Disbanding the FBI. Yes, yeah, spiritually disbanding the FBI, in in the most theoretical way, not and in any way uh, concrete. Yeah. So anyway, I love yeah, you guys, all, all of you. Is, yes, all we love the FBI. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I, there is no need for a federal law enforcement agency any longer. The the reason that that it was put up was because bank robbers were running across state lines thinking that they had escaped jurisdiction because they hadn't had reciprocal jurisdictions um, in the past in the like 1920s. So we really haven't needed the FBI in like 75 years. Like there's just no reason for it. And I need them. Theoretically and spiritually. I need them in my life. I need them to cuddle me at night um, and watch everything that I'm doing. And, and I'm very grateful that they monitor all of my um, uh, electronic communications. Um, praise be to the FBI. But seriously, like the fact that even that's a joke that we have to make um, kind of makes the point. <laughs> dude, there's like multiple people who have just criticized. They've There's a dude who made a Twitter post about January 6th and they like busted down his door with his family home in the middle of the night with a hundred law enforcement officers arrested the dude and have been continually harassing him every time his case gets dismissed. They uh, don't sorry have about to that. Make a conviction stick. Hey, Michael. Sorry. What'd I miss? Oh, we were just talking about how in spirit we would disband the FBI because we love the FBI and they're, they're good people and, you know, we don't want to see anything bad happen to anybody in the FBI ever, uh, including losing their jobs ever, because, you know, well, you know, we, we, we just don't want to, we don't want to ever say anything bad about our, our forever and eternal overlords. You know what's funny is that, is that I never, one thing I'll never understand, and I think we were talking about people like investigation and stuff like that, um, Okay, so Chris or Nate, would you ever plead guilty to something that you did not do? Absolutely. Most really, of the people you would. In prison, absolutely. 100%. 100%, Mo yeah. Most of the people in prison, hang on, how do I say this? Um, not most of the people in prison who did crimes, but most of the people who um, are innocent have pled guilty. Um, do, do you guys get what I'm trying to say? Like most of the people are in there because they're guilty, um, I believe. But most of the people who are in prison who are innocent um, have pled guilty knowing that they're innocent because they put the full boot of justice on your face and shove you into the ground, um, like psychologically making you think like, oh, 
you know, we have you on this and you can spend, if you don't take this plea deal, you can spend uh, uh, the rest of your life in jail. And they're like, dude, I wasn't there. I didn't do this. I have alibis. Here's this. They're like, no, like if this goes to trial, like, uh, you know, you can spend a hundred years in jail. If you plea to this, you could be out in three years. They're like, well, crap. I know I'm innocent. I know I'm innocent, but who knows what's going to happen. It's, it's like a crapshoot um, when you leave it to a jury. Like who knows how my lawyer is going to do if he's going to choke. Who knows how their lawyer is going to do if they're going to, like, invent stuff and not get caught in time? Like, who knows what's going to happen? It is such a gamble. So if I'm faced with three years or 100 years, man, I guess I'll plead guilty even though I know I'm not and, and hopefully get out in three years, maybe a year and a half with good behavior. So absolutely. And, and, and for me, Michael, I think that our law enforcement system is so – incredibly corrupt you mean amazing and amazing get great people but they're so incredibly corrupt they would they would just murder your family and threaten you with that if you don't plead guilty like i i truly believe they would do that they would just do it they'd find a way they'd have a a botched burglary and all your wife and kids end up dead like they're gonna do it if they want you that bad they're gonna do that they're just that corrupt which i unfortunately think if trump uh and by all signs so far um, he's going to be the Republican nominee. Um, if it looks like he's getting too close to winning, I think something like that, you know, they may try to pull. And by they, I totally don't mean any of the people you're talking about. I love you guys all. You're all amazing. But I think someone somewhere may try to pull something like that because they see him as evil. And if you see people as evil, like you're typically going to do whatever it takes to stop someone who you consider evil from taking power. So that's like their justification. So when you stop seeing it ideas versus like good and bad ideas and you legitimately see one side as evil and a dictator and all this other stuff, there's no moral reason for you not to go extreme and just start preemptively murdering people um, because you have the moral high ground and you can't let evil win. And that is so dangerous with the rhetoric, like calling everyone evil and moral monsters and, and like you're just racist everywhere um, is that there's no reason at that point. There's no curtailing force to keep you from going wildly extreme because you're on the side of righteousness. Yeah, everything just cut out and a bunch of uh, bullshit up with flashing lights outside my house. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys have it in Canada too. It's scary. I mean, Canada's like, what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm totally not talking about my country. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about Canada, of course. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I just don't put anything past elites in power and that has been true through all of human history like if you piss off the wrong elite they have a way to get it it's just that's just the way of humanity that has always been the case it will always be the case and so the best thing to do is to live a quiet peaceful life and not piss off the wrong people well remember uh schumer he said he's like you know if you mess with the if you make the intelligence agencies mad they've got six ways from sunday of getting back at you does anyone dispute that and he was talking about Trump because, you know, he was coming at them hard. He's like, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, you know, no matter how business savvy or whatever he is, he's like, man, if you make them mad, it cuts six ways from Sunday to get them back at you. And it seems like they've doing, they're doing them all. But I love them. And, you know. Um, yes, every alphabet soup agency is our friend and is a benevolent dictator over our lives. They oppress us for our own good. Thank you, Alphabet Soup. You're the greatest. Well, it was nice knowing you all. Fear not man who can destroy the body, but God who can destroy the soul.
Was that too Christian? I mean, yeah, I mean, Michael, do you not think if you pissed off the wrong elite, they could just delete you? Do you do you actually think that there's such a thing as justice? Because that would be amazing. They've got him. They got him. They got him. No, they didn't, they didn't get me, sir. I was just looking at no, something for a second. They, they needed my time. attention. Nothing happened. I don't. I'm not afraid of law enforcement. I don't know why you guys are. Oh, I'm not afraid of like individual cops. I'm just afraid of who gives them orders. So I was genuinely surprised when you said you would plead guilty because I would not. I would not. And it's funny because you know, like we said before, you never don't necessarily know what's going to happen until you're placed in that situation. Like in the same way that I've said, like, you know, if it is the case that the Christian God is real then he's going to have some explaining to do to me. Now, that's what I say standing here. Faced with the situation, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I would hope that I have the courage of my convictions in, both, in, in both instances. You know, you're right. And, and let, me, let me rephrase. Um, what I think, you know, there's a strong chance of me doing is that, um, which is the same thing that you were talking about, all these people that have pled to, to charges that they, you know, if they legitimately didn't do them, they still totally pled to a lesser charge. Um, but what I would hope to do, because we have so much evidence that it's all just smoke and mirrors, and if you do, um, as you suggest, and I would like to think myself and everyone would do, would be stand up to them. That's why I, a lot of the J6 people are in prison is because they took plea deals to get out in like 25 years as opposed to the rest of their life um, You know, for being the worst traitor terrorist on the face of the earth for walking through a ribboned uh, gate without even touching it. Um, but so in the law they used, it turns out that if they would have just said, no, take me to court, um, the chances of it eventually being overturned would have probably been really high and they wouldn't, their conviction wouldn't have stood. But because they threatened them with, you know, the rest of their life, um, they took these deals that lands them in there for, for 25 years. Um, so, yeah. And, and, that also makes me think of I, I did have a friend, a friend of a friend, who uh, says, you know, this guy, yeah, they, he, they, I guess he was like into drugs and stuff like that. Um, but he had the story goes, this guy had had quit using drugs or whatever, and uh, you know he still had some paraphernalia, and uh, he he didn't realize it. So whether it's true or false, I don't know. It's just a story. But uh, the story is, um, they caught it. And the guy's like, no, oh, man, come on, come on. Like, I, I'm clean now, blah, blah, blah. And something happened that was, that was wrong or, like, impropriety or something like that. And they were trying to, like, scare this guy with, like, five years in jail and, or, like, seven or eight years in jail. And his public defender um, advised him to take five years in jail as a plea deal. And he's like, no, like, what you say happened didn't happen the way you said. I know I'm not guilty. No, no, I'm not doing it. And he did what you said, Michael, and he stood on his convictions. Um, you know, assuming he was right or whatever. And it turns out that the prosecutor finally is like, okay, let him go. We're dismissing the charges because I guess in their mind, they didn't have enough evidence and they, they had a feeling the case wouldn't stick. Um, so if he would have followed his public defender's advice, he'd be in jail probably still, but because he's like, no, right is right. And you are wrong that they're like, yeah, it was a bluff. Like we don't have enough to keep him. Just let him go. So yeah, uh, no, knowing things like that, I like to think I, I would do as you say, Michael. But for those who um, don't do that or are scared, um, it's totally understandable why they do that. Like three years is certainly better than 10. 
10 is certainly better than the rest of your life. Well, yeah, I don't think that that can be reasonably debated, of course. <clears throat> um, but yeah, and, and yeah, I, like I said, what you might actually do, uh, who knows? Sorry if you're hearing my dog come in the house. Uh, but yeah, um, I'd, I'd hope to be courageous enough to not do that. Steph, what hey. would you do? Would you say, take me away? Ha ha, take me to jail? Uh, what's the, I just came back in and heard the story about your friend. Are we talking about J6, folks? Uh, no, just generally. If someone uh, if someone tries to get you for a crime you uh, know you didn't commit or you know you're innocent of, but they threaten you with like tons of jail time versus, hey, we'll give you like, you know, a quarter of the sentence. Um, if, if you just plead guilty to this, um, would you take that deal knowing that you're innocent, like in any case? Or would you be like, no, no I'm innocent. Throw me in jail the rest of my life if you have to. But I'm right. You're wrong. Yep. Yeah, that's what I would do. Okay, I mean, what about a, what about a, well, well, yeah, what about an easier degree? Because, I mean, that's still a lot of time. So what about a parking ticket, right? Like, how often does that happen? Like, I, I would say maybe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Michael, but maybe you'd even consider this. If you get a um, uh, a speeding ticket, and you know you weren't going over the speed limit, and, you know, they're like, it's an $80 fine. You're like, I was not speeding. You're like, I say you were. Uh, you were going five miles over. Here's your fine. You're like, no, something's wrong. Your equipment's messed up. Like, would you go through all the trouble um, – you know, like appealing, getting up, going to court, all this other stuff. Or at some point, does $80 become more of a hassle than it's worth? And you're like, okay, I know I'm innocent. You know what? Here's $80. Just just leave me alone. Yeah, no way. I'd fight to take it every time. Because one, and this is a somewhat cynical perspective at first, because uh, first of all, um, police officers for traffic court seldom show up, and then it gets thrown out anyway. Uh, but, but secondly... Uh, not here in America. They yeah, in, of the time in America. Yeah, in, in Canada, it's like it's like they maybe show up ten percent of the time here. Um, <laughs> and I, I've had—I don't know—it's like I have never gotten a speeding ticket. I'm not saying I've never sped. I'm saying I've never gotten a ticket. Um, but the reason I'd fight it hundred percent of the time is because it could also impact my insurance rates, which could which could. So yes, it's eighty dollars now, but then the report goes to my insurance company, and they raise my insurance by five percent for the next three years. And all okay. of a sudden, I'm a lot more than that eighty bucks. So I played hundred. Okay, you're you're lawing your way. You're lawyering your way out of it. I was just looking for any type of a low, low level thing where you'd be like, "Fine, here's some money. No other repercussions. Just leave me alone." But Chris, what I've learned today is you and I have painted a giant target on our backs, um, letting people know that we will cop to please, and and Steph and Michael, no one will waste their time with. Well, no, yeah, I, just, that's pretty much I just think it's interesting. I mean, it's and it's 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 funny because I've always. Uh, understanding that a pat on the back is only a foot away from a kick in the ass. Um, I, I do, I do hold myself to, to a particular moral standard, and I'm not going like if I did something wrong, like if I did get that speeding ticket, I would not try to talk my. I'd be like, yeah, my bad. Um, but if I didn't, no way am I copping to it. No way. Yeah, see, y'all are going about this the wrong way. What you do is the second the cops pull you over, you get these tears in your eyes, and then you make this, like, really sad face. And then is you're like, deception? officer. Congratulations, you're violating God's law. Yeah, that does, that really I'm just saying. <laughs> you you avoid the whole thing. Listen, I have another no, tip for you guys. 
I got married, okay, and my sister-in-law worked at a car dealership at the time. So at during our wedding, she had brought these dealership markers with her, and she marked up the whole car, just married, just married, like all over the whole, like everywhere, right? So we went on our honeymoon. It was very cute. Everybody was like honking at us on the highway because we drove to Florida, and it was like from Virginia. It was really fun, right? And uh, then I just was, you had to actually, they're dealership markers, so you have to actually like scrape it off with um with like a tool that's for scraping paint off of glass, which we have, but I was just lazy. So it was on there for a while and I got out of no less than three tickets because the cops were like, oh, I'm going to let you go because you're just married. And I was like, you are the best <laughs> ever. Thank you. But yeah, that happened three times. These nice Richmond cops let me go. Yeah. See, I mean... I'm just very cynical about all authority, except church authority, but all authority. Good save. I mean, I, I truly believe that leftists would have absolutely no qualms if they spun up a bunch of death camps for Christians and just started tossing everybody in there, including women and children and just started gassing everybody, I think leftists would be like, eh, they had it coming. Oh, what's, uh, one latte, please. Okay, Chris. Maybe not, maybe not all, like, hopefully Michael, but if you heard, like, yeah. Roy Reed, if, if you heard... Michael's not a leftist. Michael's oh, liberal. I am so far on the left, I almost fall off the planet, Chris. There's a, well, there's uh, okay. a difference. There's a difference. Well, let me contrast you with Joy Racist. I mean, Reed. Um, so, you have Michael on one side, who will represent all, all the, the, the best of the godless atheist um, and leftist. And you have Joy Reid and, you know, uh, racist Maddow, who right after Trump won, they immediately, they actually didn't, they took it easy on Trump. Like, they didn't attack him as much as they instantly went after white Christians. They're like, these white Christians are overrepresented, and the problem is white Christians who think God has given them this world, so whenever Trump becomes a dictator like he totally said he would, you know, based on what you said earlier, Michael, they're like, he totally is going to be a dictator, and these white Christians, uh, they think God's gifted this, and if you're not white and if you're not Christian, then you're a, uh, then you're a, a fraudulent American. And they just like, boy, it was so hard after white people and Christians. I'm like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> like, they would be the ones who's like, gas a few, give me a latte, please. Um, anyways, now, Michael, you will represent the, the other side. Yeah, I mean, I – yeah, I, I think – uh, injustice is wrong no matter who does the injustice. Um, and I would fight alongside you to, to stop some brand of um, social democrat from wanting to do those, those types of things. Um, yeah, that just doesn't seem to be something that's um, reasonable. But here's an, here's an interesting thing. I, I saw I saw a clip of someone. Uh, there's a, there's a guy called Luke Beasley. He does some some left wing news. You'd hate him. Um, and uh, he has he has this segment that he does called Mochas with Megas. It's it's quite funny, where he basically brings on people from the hard right. And in one of them, he was talking to this one person who you know was a professing Christian stuff like that, who said uh, unequivocally. That Trump was anointed by God to lead the United States. Do you think that's the case? 
Um, there is so much to unpack there. We can hear Chris talk about anointed and defining terms, but I will say in short, I mean, you know, no one can thwart the will of God. If God, for whatever reason, for good or bad, to bring out the end of days or to, you know, give people a reprieve, whatever reason, I mean, if God wanted Trump to be in office, well, then Trump can be in office. Um, does that equate to what everyone defines terms as anointed means? Um, so there's a lot to unpack there. So without knowing exactly what this guy meant by the things you said he said, which I still haven't heard what he actually said, I will just say, um, if God wanted Trump to be somewhere, he's going to be somewhere. Just like if he wants you to be somewhere, you're going to be somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and I and I mean that's a that's a <laughs> Nate. That's almost a Calvinistic perspective. Chris is Chris is smiling right now. I know. I was just um, gonna say, I love well, our new Calvinist overlord. So, Nate. as a new Calvinist, come of your own volition to the altar yes! of God, repent, and choose God this day, and follow God of your own volition. That's the Calvinist perspective. Yeah. Now, as new, now, yes. right. now, as new Calvinist <laughs> Nate, what you and as new Calvinist Nate, what you and Chris have to do is join together and tell Steph she's not a real Christian, and then the, and then the circle will be complete. Wait, Michael, do you you get what's happening, right? I, I, I'm no. totally I'm totally projecting Arminianism on Calvinism, like because uh, no, I, Chris has called. No, uh, okay, just he's trying, he's trying, but he's failing. But it is it is interesting because if I take the like it, like if you look at the determinist perspective. Then, then absolutely. When, like, from a determinist perspective, when Trump won in 2016, it was because it was part of God's decree of will, and it would have also been part of God's decree of will that he did not win uh, in uh, in 2020. Or his permissive will for that one. Well, no, see, that's well, but no, no. It's what's what's funny about what's funny about that. Oh wow, way crazy background noise. Um, what's interesting about that is that, and it's funny because I, this is part of the conversation I had with Matt Slick a couple weeks back, the differences between God's decretive will and his permissive will, and then even try to smuggle in a couple of other ones, like his permissive decretive, which I've never heard before. Um, but it's, it's really interesting because what, like from, from my perspective, admittedly on the outside, it's like, and, and I don't, this will sound less terrible than me too. It was like, you've just got an excuse for everything. You know, it's like when, you know, it's like when, you know, it's like when he, when he win when he wins, God wanted it. When he lost, uh, he didn't want it, but he allowed it. <laughs> like it's just, you know, it just, you know. Right, and, well, there's just, so, so there's a difference between God's wants and God's decrees, right? So jo Dr. Frame talks about this pretty extensively in systematic theology. And I actually, he changed my opinion on this. So I used to have a bunch of Calvinist cope. Um, to deal with God's <laughs> wants versus God's decree. And Dr. Frame, who is a Calvinist, he, he was like, no, no, no. God can have desires that he does not instantiate in his decrees. And I was like, okay, tell me more. This is fascinating. And it threw me for a loop for a couple of weeks, and I read a bunch more about it. And it was very, very interesting, very good perspective. But, I mean, that to say, Christians have a very complex, like, history with politics. I mean, Romans 13 literally talks about, you know, respecting and following the civil authority no matter what. And by the way, they had the Caesars that were murdering Christians, and the instructions to Christians were not rebel and get your sword and, you know, resist Caesar. It was, we go all day as lambs to the slaughter. Come scoop us up, Caesar, because that is the will of God, because he has put this wicked person in place to persecute his church and and 
that is the that is the relationship that Christians have with politics is you know whatever wicked thing that's going to go on we're here for it just go ahead do your worst knock yourselves out I'm going to call that Cowboy Cope it's Pope Cope Pope Cope so it's oh, interesting because because in Ephesians 1.11 says that everything is done for God's purpose. Um, and I forget the part in the Bible, I, I, I can't remember, I think it's Second Timothy, where he says that God wants for everyone to come to salvation, where he wants for none to perish. And so it's interesting. So if we leave about the, the coming to salvation part, just think about the first one, everything's done for his purpose, then it, it seems weird to me. And I mean, I get it, it's just, it's just theology. It seems it seems weird to me that a God who is omnipotent, meaning he can do all things that are logically possible, like, you know, can't make a squared circle, stuff like that, um, that there's this God who cannot get something that he wants. It's a very strange thing to me. Or will not, uh, you know, force himself to get something he wants. Yeah, but again, like that's just, I, I don't think that that's defensible. I got to call, I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. I don't think that that's defensible except from a theological perspective. Like there's no, there's no, there's nothing, lo there's nothing logically incoherent about it. Like there's, there's nothing logical that would stop God from getting what he wants. Right. Hey, Steph, what's the temperature like there? Uh, nine. Ooh. How about for you? Hang on, I gotta do the conversion. One can listen to me type because I'm too lazy to move back up. It's about two. Two? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Colder yeah, than that, though, because it's got a, it's got a wicked, uh, we got a wicked wind chill today. Do you guys do wind chill in New York? Yep. Yeah, that nine is without, so I don't know what it is with. Well, Florida's yeah, so. sounding pretty good, but then I've been to Florida in August, and that is not good. So, you know, no thanks. Well, it's funny because one of the places that Shannon and I have talked about I just totally doxed my wife. I'm done. I don't care. Um, one of the things that, my, that Shannon and I have talked about retiring to is um, is a little town just outside of Florence, Italy, called Fiesole. Um, and Italy's beautiful, but not in August. It's not because it's about 35 trillion degrees there. Yeah, that's not for me. Anything really above 79 and I'm out. I'm done. I cannot, I cannot handle it. What do you say your AC? What do you say your AC at? What? I don't have an AC. Oh, what do I keep what? my AC at? Let yeah. me think. Well, it so rarely gets, we don't have an AC. Um, we do put it in the bedroom sometimes. I'd rather not have my husband, but yeah, I mean, 70. In our one. Yeah. Room. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah. Toronto's weird. Like we get crazy. I mean, you know what it's like, right? Being around like Ontario, this massive body of water. People are just like, how can it get so hot or cold there? I'm like, well, the, the lake affects our weather. Um, 
<clears throat> just go to Buffalo after a snowstorm. Toronto's got Toronto's got two centimeters. Buffalo's got seven feet. Yeah, um, that's what's going on right now. You know, they're all on lockdown. My best friend lives in Buffalo. These kids can't go to school because they have a travel ban. It's the third day of that. They have a what? A travel ban in Buffalo right now. Cause really? Because there's so much snow, they can't get out. Yeah. So we got, so I we were watching the pictures um, of uh, the Bill Stadium when they were, they had to postpone the game till Monday. Yeah. And uh, we were, we were quote unquote, digging ourselves out of about two and a half inches. Yep. Did you watch yeah. the actual game? Because it was yeah, like, every yes, time the Bills scored, they were throwing snow in the air all over the whole yeah, stadium. Yeah, it was funny. It was, it was so it was funny. funny. Everyone, it was like, yeah, that's the most Buffalo thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, I am I am cheering for, this is this is hard because we have dear friends who live in Independence, Missouri, not too far from Kansas City. Um, but I'm still cheering for the Bills to win over KC because right. I, I can't, no, I, not for the reasons you may think, I cannot forgive the chant that they do in the stadium, the whole like Native American chant that they do. Uh, it's just so like, come on guys, get with the program. Like, it's not okay to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about that. I just hate Patrick Mahomes' face. He does have a punchable face. Um, he really does, doesn't he? He looks like a rooster. He walks around. And, yeah. I can't stand that. I, it, it's funny. My, in, my, in my heart, even though it's just an organ that pumps blood. Uh, in my heart, I want Buffalo to win, but I think KC will pull out a victory. Um, wow. Mostly, get off mostly, the stage. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, but I want to be wrong. Like, I don't care what happens because the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and that's that's all I care about. Like, and it's funny because people talk about, oh, the Niners, this, that. Like, I've been a Niners, I have a Montana jersey hanging in my closet. I've been, an, I've been a Niners fan since he came over from Notre Dame and started playing there. Yeah, he'll he'll never be quote unquote as good as somebody like Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's a schmuck. Um, but yeah, like him, like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, Craig Rathman, all those Dana Stubblefield, all those guys. Those are my those are my guys. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched a 49ers game in my whole life. You get to see it in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, yeah, you think? Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll see you there, bud. Uh, that would be interesting. Um, there, well, I think it was one time. Yeah, I think it was. How many times did the Bills lose to the Niners in the Super Bowl? We don't need to talk about any of that. You know what? I think I've hit my <laughs> threshold for what I can. We don't need to talk about how many times the Bills went to the Super Bowl and didn't come home with a win. So, so all of that. If the Niners, if the so between you and me, Steph, if the Niners don't make it, I will cheer for the Buffalo Bills. Okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah. If but if the Niners get in there, then I want, yeah, then I want uh, um, Allen to be served up on the barbecue. Wow, Nate, can yeah. you toss this guy? Are you back yet? You had enough of Michael today. <laughs> That's enough. You could say what you want about Christians, I guess, but don't you talk about Josh Allen. <laughs> I think I think pound for pound, he's a he's as good, if not better, than some of the than some of the real. Am I tossing someone? I heard something. Who am I tossing? We're tossing Michael. But Josh Allen is better than who? What? Go ahead, finish that sentence. I like that. No, I think Josh Allen is better than sports. Why did I hang up for this? Oh, you're fine. Um, Like I think that under, 
Under pressure, I think he's as good, if not better, than Mahomes. So that'll be interesting if he gets to a very tight game. He's also just as mobile. Like, he's a very mobile quarterback. Um, more, mo- mo- more mobile than I think guys like uh, Brady ever were. Um, Did you Montana- see the 52-yard run on Monday? That Second was amazing. longest run by a quarterback in the NFL in history. That was amazing. And in the, like, um, yeah, like they've done some, they've done some great stuff. Um, but I still want them to lose hard to the Niners. Look at Mark with Detroit. That's so sad, Mark. Everyone feels for you right now. You know, that's, that's the Chris, sad Chris, can you do something to... about this? I don't think Chris follows football. I, I, I know. I, I'm asking him to do something to, to make it stop. Like, let's talk about politics or Jesus or Jesus and guns or Jesus with a gun or I don't know. Are you not a fan of the sports ball in general? I, I am not. I, no. I, I just I, I mean, if I if I the sports I like, I play um, because they're fun. But I, I just have never been able to get excited about people and teams who have more money than they will ever know what to do with. And they'll never know who we are, but we cheer for them. Like it matters. They know I who just, we I are. We matter to them. You, you matter. I, I just can't get around that. I just can't be happy for people who are like making like millions and millions of dollars while they're also, um, anyway, that's my stance on sports. Like, you know, the sports I, I like, I play myself for fun. Yeah. Steph is on Josh Allen's Christmas card list. That's correct. Yes. Um, yeah, he knows exactly who I am. And I, I wear the jersey. My whole family impacts his wins because we have a jersey combo. Like half of us, there's eight of us that watch the games together. And so half of us start with the jersey on and some of us take it off and some of us put it on halfway through. And that is <laughs> crucial to the win. Okay. And you like don't wash your socks or anything like that until the season's over? Uh, no, that one I don't do. I don't wash my jersey till the season is over, but oh, my dad so does. That seems to be, I don't know, it works. We're not changing they anything. They lose, that's why. You know, it's well, interesting what you were talking about that. from a money perspective. So my wife is crazy, crazy baseball fan, like nuts. Um, so, of course, cheers for the Blue Jays. Um, and there was this this player from from California, Otani, also Otani something, and he was a free agent and there was talk that he was, you know, going to sign with the Jays. My wife was losing her mind. <laughs> and when you talk about excessive money, he ended up, he ended up signing with the Dodgers, or the angels or something like that. Anyway, I can't remember a California team. He stayed in California for, it's like a 10, it's like a 10 year deal for around $700 million. Why would he play for so little? <laughs> and what and what I was thinking, what I was thinking was, is like it, I, I was right along your line of thinking because what I was thinking of, like, can you imagine how many homeless shelters they could build for seven hundred million dollars? Right. Why is it people only complain about like the, the Pope and churches that have all this money? Like, why don't they ever make that case for like sports and picket sports lines? That would be a great cause. I would actually support that. Like, if you're gonna like well, complain about churches with money, like, think about all the philanthropy they could be doing. Well, I think the, at least sports is entertaining, but don't. Um, hey, this is entertaining. You're in here a lot. This is, you're getting entertainment value from this. I'm talking about I'm talking about religion in general. Um, no, it's just a cheap shot. <clears throat> but no, it, it's interesting. I um, like as as someone who's a minor league ph- philanthropist. Like I give 
a little bit, mostly because I don't have much to give. But um, I, I just I can't I, I, I can't reconcile all of the good that can be done for you know somebody hitting a, a ball with a bat or throwing a hunk of pigskin around or anything else like any sport doesn't matter what it is. Uh, okay, but you realize that these guys. Okay, if they weren't, if Josh Allen wasn't playing football, okay, if this was never a part of his life, he probably would have maybe like a sixty to eighty thousand dollars salary in the Midwest. Do it because he didn't. I don't think he got a. Did he go to college? Actually, I don't know. I should know that. But anyway, he was a farmer, right? So he'd be doing some kind of farmer factory work like his dad, and then he, you know, he'd be making maybe like sixty to eighty thousand dollars a year. Instead, he's making all this money. He's got foundations for kids. He's an enormous philanthropist. Like. They all do that. Like all of the most NFL players have some sort of organization in their hometown helping disadvantaged kids or funding sports teams for at risk youth. Like, and all those guys, if football wasn't a thing, may or may not have. I mean, they certainly wouldn't have jobs paying that high, unless I guess maybe some of them could have become the CEO of something. But it's like that money is not. Yeah, they're buying mansions and then they're hiring plumbers to take care of their mansions and they're funding organizations back home. Like. This is better than them, you know, working other jobs, I suppose. You think I mean, someone without a college degree could get a sixty to eighty thousand dollar a year job in the Midwest? Wow, you are out of touch, Miss New York. <laughs> what, is that too low or too high? Way too high. Probably oh, without a degree. Like without a degree? I mean, unless it's like something specialized where you're like a I don't know, a trucker where you basically make minimum yeah. wage, but it seems like a lot because you drive nonstop and work like eighty hours a week. No, for like a forty hour a week job without uh, a college degree. Oh, okay. Well, if we're talking like certifications or something like that, okay, maybe. But but with just like no special skills, yeah, you, you'd be doing pretty good to get fifty. It's interesting. Yeah, like there are under eighty in New York. Like if you are under eighty, you are severe poverty. Like that's you're in trouble. Yeah, it's pretty pretty much the same in Toronto. Um, like there, there was a thing. Anyway, uh, the first thing I want to say is, Steph, you're right, and it and about the whole philanthropy thing. And it's interesting because there are. Um, yeah, like there are people who my wife worked with who are like legit billionaires, um, who made their money in something else and then give their, you know, give money to charity. So yeah, you're a thousand percent around that. Um, the, there was a report that came out, uh, just a few days ago, the average cost of a detached home in the city of Toronto ranges between 1.6 and $1.95 million. Yep. Ridiculous. Um, and rents. Uh, average pre- average one bedroom apartment in the city of Toronto is twenty one fifty a month, which is obscene. Um, but yeah, no, but anyway, to Nate, to what you said, a, a dear friend of mine is a bus driver, <clears throat> and he he drives for um, this organization called Go Transit, which is like. Um, they, their job, their, what they do basically is they, they start in kind of like the rural areas and then bring people, bring commuters into Toronto to work and then take them back again when they're done the day's work. He's been driving for 22 years um, with his overtime and stuff like that. In Ontario, he makes the sunshine list, which is public servants who make over $100,000 a year, and he drives a bus. Nate is disgusted and can't answer. I don't know. I don't hate rich people as much as others do because I know what rich I'm people not do with I, their money. I, I'm not saying I hate rich people. No, you I'm didn't just... say that. 
I'm just saying I can't get like, into, I just can't get into sports. Like I don't I just, I don't know. I just, it's not my thing. Yeah, but then Michael was arguing about how much they make. It's like who cares? You know, it's, I don't know. People who have money, I know where they spend it. Right? They spend it on me buying real estate. They spend it on my husband to renovate their kitchens, and we're like a you know middle class family. So I don't. Uh, hallelujah! More money, all ships rise. Amen. No money, mo problems. Hey, would you come to my house, Jeff, to redo my kitchen? Would you cross the border to redo? Yeah, yeah, it would will probably be a lot, depending on what your uh, what your um, <laughs> what do they call your permit laws? That's what we base it on. It's not necessarily the, the distance, but how annoying is Toronto with their permits? And uh, yeah, we might do it. They're stupid. Yeah, same. <laughs> but do find a point on it. They're stupid. I got a meeting. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Cheers. Oh, oh, I Michael, go anything? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I got to go three. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, have I until go. the end of this Fortnite game. Wow. I'm actually late. So got to go. See you, bye. Oh. All right. Well, let me get to a safe spot so I can log off. Oh, someone's shooting at me. Who's shooting at me? Oh, who's shooting at me? Oh. Well, everyone, I hope you have been thoroughly attained. Attained? I cannot speak. Oh my goodness. Is something in my water? Thoroughly entertained. Pastor Mark, uh, I, I guess you've given up on fighting the good fight in the in the Discord. <laughs> I kind of have to now. I'm just kind of trying to troll a little bit, which maybe I shouldn't. But um, those conversations just will not end. I'm currently asking who holds the um, who holds the keys to heaven. <laughs> I'm seeing what they. Uh, the Catholics and the Orthodox come up with between them. Maybe I can get a discussion going that will leave us Protestants alone for a while. So, like, who holds the keys to heaven? How many copies were there? <laughs> oh, you're back just in time. I'm about to leave, but yeah, I was recapping. I, I'm, I figured, just in back, I'm just back in time for an evil laugh. That's what I got. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's pretty safe. Uh, I don't think they're they're going to be here today. So yeah, I asked that. Uh, asked the question. So far, only the Orthodox has taken the bait. I'm like, well, do you guys have a key? How many keys were there made? Were there copies? Can I make a copy? Can I go to Lowe's and make a <laughs> copy of the key of heaven? <laughs> it's like when the king of Atlantis had the keys to <laughs> Eden. The king of Atlantis. Man, that guy let us down. Like, where where has he been? I mean, he's where he has always been. He's in our hearts. Hearts? He's in our hearts. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh and, and Nate, have you asked Thomas Aquinas into your heart? Because oh, boy. I, I'm just waiting to see. <laughs> but, you know, you got to ask Thomas Aquinas into your heart, the angelic doctor. He will, he will solve all of your problems. <laughs> Dude, my dude, my my kid yesterday, there was this theology room going on, and he opens the mic and he busts out with, "Can anybody tell me the difference between Yahweh and the Aristotelian monad?" And I was like, "Did the words Aristotelian monad just come out of your mouth?" And yes, yes, they did. I I don't even know. Can you take thirty seconds to just explain what the Aristotelian monad is? It's just the it's just the it's just Aristotle's conception of God as the unmoved mover who cannot act um, because he is already pure act. It's called actus purus. 
So like, there's this whole thing in, in Thomistic um, theology that essentially is baptizing Aristotle and taking the Aristotelian idea of who God is and laying it onto Christianity. That's the whole deal. That's the, that is Thomism. It's just, it's baptized Aristotle. So when you ask a Thomist, can you tell me the difference between Yahweh and the Aristotelian monad? Their answer, if they're honest, is going to be there is no difference. So the Trinity doesn't matter. Like all of their other cope about everything else just disappears in, into the Aristotelian monad. And they have to admit that the God of the Bible is the Aristotelian monad. And monad just means Unitarian, like God of like not made up of any parts. It's fantastic. It's just, it's a way for them to hang themselves. <laughs> Interesting. Well, today was thoroughly entertaining, except for the sports nonsense. Did one Stephen of the football muted. teams the make Steph a home run? <laughs> I think they slid into a touchdown. Oh, okay. Is that when they, is that when they get a goal? <laughs> Steph's off mute like she wants or to say something, when, but we don't hear anything. Turns into 15, is that when it turns into 15 love? <laughs> Point set match. That's tennis, right? I think so. I'm just trying to put as many sports as I can into football, and let's see what What do you get. call it when you score a point on table tennis or ping pong? I think it's just a point. Because it's not a real sport? How dare you, sir? <laughs> All right, before I get ourselves in more trouble than ever over talking about sports. All right, see you all later. Have an awesome day.